0: How's it going, everybody? This is Joey of Underage Packers. I'm one of your co-hosts today. Joining me, as usual, as typically, is Big B. How are you doing today, Big B? Doing well. How's it going? Doing well, it's been a it's been a wild week, chaotic week. I hope you enjoyed your time off of Twitter. Uh, but today, joining us, you know, it's a uh, we're not going to be ending the week off with a stress uh, tr- free Packers win. We're gonna, but we have a week of, uh, relax and get to enjoy football. So joining us to preview that, uh, stress-free week of football is, uh, Maggie Loney. How are you doing today, Maggie?
1: I'm good. I'm just glad you didn't say you had to be on your best behavior, honestly.
0: (laughs) I forgot about that. We're I think we're out of that era. We moved on. Um, but you know, the joke lives on still. Uh, so Let's start off. You know, I have these slots. The past few weeks, baby, you know, we've been going on without a script. And most ideas I get is uh, really just stuff I think about at my bedside uh, when I'm struggling to fall asleep. So one of those things I was thinking about last night was last year, you know, when we did our Instagram live streams, I said um, after the Packers clinched the first round by after week 17, I said, I will be happy if this Packers season ends off with a win in the divisional round and at least a competitive game in the NFC Championship game, just because uh, it far exceeded my expectations. I didn't expect us to get anywhere near a first round by. I even thought there's a chance we wouldn't make the playoffs. This year, I'm having different thoughts. Um, Bigby, would you say, because I, I wouldn't necessarily say this is Super Bowl or bust, but how important to you cause if. This season doesn't end in a super bowl win for the Packers. How disappointed will you be? And what would you say is your goal for the Packers?
2: All right. I, I have I have thought of this mm-hmm. um past couple days for some weird reason. Yep. But if we get to the Super Bowl, we mm-hmm. play the Super Bowl, we lose the Super Bowl. I will be very sad, mm-hmm. but I will be happy. All right. I will I will Be like, I'm proud of this team. We did a thing. Next year, let's go win it.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is I don't think you're getting any higher level of play from Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. Uh, You cannot waste that. You have extremely well talent on the defense for the first time in a while. You have a lot of guys with upcoming contracts, so you have to go and win it all. Uh, Maggie, what would you say is your predetermined goal uh, where you would look back on this team you know every year the goal is to win a Super Bowl five years from now what would you, if what needs to happen for you to be very proud of this team
1: I mean I think given the situation that we're in right now as a country and a, I guess a globally dealing with a pandemic a lot of us are kind of unsure if we would even have football this season so the fact yeah. that the Packers played a full season and are the number one seed Feels pretty special in and of itself. And we'll probably remember this season for much of that before we think about anything else. But mm-hmm. I genuinely feel like this is the closest the Packers have gotten to a potential Super Bowl in a very long time. And I think in five years, if they don't make the Super Bowl, we'll look at this year kind of like we did in 2014, where it feels like that was a team that could have gone all the way. So if they don't, it'll be upsetting for that reason.
0: Yeah. And especially, you know, like I mentioned, you're getting another MVP year from Aaron Rodgers um then Matt LaFleur coming in here going 26 and 6 in his first few years I mean there's not some exciting draft talent that we have to develop like we had uh in this past off season of Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage waiting for them to come on I think this is a year you have to um you know it's going to be very big and it's uh one of your best chances um not only from the past few years in Aaron Rodgers' career, but going down the line, I don't think you're going to have a much better chance of this until you find out what you have with Jordan Love, uh, and then we can make that termination. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about this defense. They so ranked ninth in total yards allowed per game. Now uh, you can use what metric you want. They were 13th in scoring, uh, so that's total points allowed per game. But Big B, would you say that ninth ranking is? Uh, would you say the Packers? as a whole are a top 10 defense in the league.
2: Shoot, I don't even know at this point I'm with this defense, but yeah, top 10 defense. Let's go.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing, you know, a great summarization of the Packers defense I saw was uh, you know, if you just go away, you know, grab a Dr. Pepper, grab a spotted cow. <laughs> Um, In the middle of it, if you go away for a little bit, there you go. If you don't uh, pay attention to it, but you come back and you just look at the box score, it's a phenomenal defense. There's just so many inconsistencies. There's third downs blown by uh, Mike Pettin, seven yards off coverage. Um, But Matt, as an overall overview of this Packers defense that has gotten some turnovers, has had some big players step up, your favorite Zedarius, Uh, you know, uh, how would you – Uh, I guess, how would you describe this Packers defense?
1: I think that right now we're seeing really complimentary football from the Mm -hmm. defense and the offense. And part of that is the offense running up the score. And then the defense doesn't ever have to play from behind. And I think that's kind of the Mike Patton way. So Mm -hmm. when you eliminate the run game, which tends to be the way that this defense struggles and you have to lean to the passing attack, we've seen that's a strength in the Packers secondary. So I think it was Deshaun Watson. There was only one quarterback all season that, through for over 300 yards against the secondary. So, you know, I think that's part of it is not ever really having to play from behind and get a stop on defense and just letting them play freely.
0: Yeah. You know, Mike Penn's philosophy is religion is, uh, you know, you might be able to get a touchdown, but you're going to have to go 10 minutes doing it. You're going to have to have uh, 50 plays to get on one drive to get that. So Mm -hmm. when the, the offense isn't necessarily relying on the defense to get a stop, so they have another opportunity uh, it frees it up a lot more and it makes it look a lot better. Um, the fact that they have a big lead. So this, the opposing offense is going to have to throw. They're going to have to uh, score quick. They're going to have to uh, keep pace with this Packers offense. Um, let's talk a little bit now about uh, the other teams in the NFC playoffs here. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, playing the lowest seed remaining, not might not work out too well for the Packers this year, considering uh, the Bucks were, uh, neck and neck with the saints all year so they get that first wild card spot so it's looking like a very good opportunity borrowing any upsets from uh Los Angeles or Chicago that Tampa Bay will be coming to Green Bay. Now Big B are, is this because you know you look at the other possible teams the Packers could face. It would be the Bears, uh the Rams or uh Washington or Tampa Bay. Is uh, do the Buccaneers exceedingly stand out to you amongst those teams?
2: Yes, because I want to kick their ass. <laughs> I want to kick their ass so bad. Man. I want them in Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Lambeau Field. Like, come on. Now.
0: I would love it. I, I, I'm i not sure if I love your use of language. Hopefully that I doesn't cost you a job. Okay, well, I
2: don't care
0: as long as people don't look at your twitter feed during games maybe you should you might be able yeah, to pass by it a few probably
2: shouldn't then. do that but <laughs>
0: yeah. all right so i i think the biggest scariest thing about that uh buccaneers team right now is just the way they played green bay uh earlier in the season 38 to 10 and that was really just an overall terrible performance um maggie how do you think how different do you think of maybe not just the game plan, but how different do you think this, the outcome of a Tampa Bay Packers rematch is if they have to uh, end up playing next week?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of like PTSD that Packers fans will have all things considered because of what happened in 2019 with the 49ers and, you know, an abysmal loss followed by an abysmal loss in the championship game. So if they do come for the divisional round, I think there's a lot of different factors. You have the weather, Um, We're not sure. It sounds like Mike Evans is good to go. Devin White should be back for their defense. But I think the Packers offense was still kind of finding its way in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the season. The defense looks holistically different. So I think we're seeing a much improved Packers team. And the Bucs have looked good. Tom Brady's looked really good the last couple weeks. But I think that there will be a better game plan for them in this, this matchup if it were to happen again. And I really hope it's like a blizzard if Tom Brady does get to come to Lambeau.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a big thing, the weather. Uh, that And that's, you know, it just feels so good to have that first seed, especially now when there's only one first round bye. Because uh, last year, uh, we're lucky to be in a situation unlike last year, you know, where we were rooting for Minnesota to beat San Fran so we could host a championship game. Uh, and I think the biggest thing with that is quarterback play. Uh, And mostly because Aaron Rodgers has shown time and time again, the weather doesn't affect him. I mean, he plays best in December and January. Um, And then you look at some of these other NFC quarterbacks, Drew Brees, who is pretty much famous for not being able to play uh, in cold weather. He plays in the dome all year. Uh, Tom Brady, who played all his years in Tampa, but the rest of that team uh, is not used to the cold weather at all. You know, you got Mitch Trubisky, Who sucks if it's 70 degrees or 90 degrees? um, I I don't see a quarterback that plays exceeding well, certainly not to the level of Aaron Rodgers. Um, Big B, do you think there's a quarterback uh, in the NFC playoffs right now that could, you know, maybe not be completely, uh, you know, they're not going to be star power. Obviously, weather has impact either way, but do you think there's any quarterback that can power through that and still have a big part in their offense where they don't have to resort? bully to the running game
2: i'm debating on saying alex smith
0: Mm. that's an interesting think of yeah i mean they have a pretty good running game over there and antonio gibson i think that would be a really interesting match uh with rogers uh, and smith we'll see if they can pull a victory out of tampa and then they'll have to it will be quite the upset if they can get two in a row but That would be a really interesting match with Alex Smith. Um, Let's talk a little bit now, uh, a lot of uh, who's the most favorable match. Who's the least favorable match. Maggie, is there a team that sticks out to you uh, that really matches up very well for green Bay?
1: I mean, I think big B kind of said it like I, as fun as it would be for Washington to pull off the upset against Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. you know, the Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers narrative is always fun. And now that he's back as an NFC contender, instead of, you know, his time with the chiefs, that could, that could be a possibility. And, you mm-hmm. know, their defense is really good. Their front seven is scary chase young getting after Aaron Rodgers without David Bakhtiari is kind of a concern, but I think, you know, if the Packers can put up points, I don't see that Washington offense being able to hang with this this Packers team, and I kind of feel the same way about the Rams. Depending on Jared Goff coming back from his thumb surgery, you know, Seattle puts up a ton of points. They're always kind of scary. Um, Tom Brady, you know, he played in Foxborough. He's been there six, won six Super Bowls. Bend them more, yeah. so he's always a contender. I think Russell Wilson um, could lead the offense to something magical from Seattle. So yeah, definitely either the uh, the Rams or Washington.
0: Yeah, the Washington football team. Um, I'll be rooting for them. That's for sure. Uh, Rams. It's going to be really tough for them uh, going up against Seattle. you yeah, I think there are a lot of interesting quarterbacks. You know, um, not really one team besides Rams. I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Goff ends up as a backup in a few years. Um, the, all their QBs are pretty good. Um, Big B, who would you say is uh, you know? I think the only team that's beating the Packers is the Packers. But who is your team that you say the Packers – who's your biggest threat to the Packers getting their fifth Lombardi trophy?
2: Nobody. But if I have to pick a team, because I know you're going to yell at me after this, I guess I'll go with Seattle.
0: Okay. You sound yeah. like my brother there. Um, But, yeah, Seattle is a really interesting team. Russell Wilson, who has never won at Lambeau, I think they're a much different team than they were last year coming into Green Bay for the divisional round. Uh, They made a big move with Carlos Dunlap. And, uh, you know, just a few years ago with the Legion of Boom, they were, uh, you know, they were built off their defense and they had Russell Wilson do what he could on offense. Uh, And now they're mainly built on their offense with Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Uh, I, I would say my biggest threat to the Packers is Tampa Bay. Uh, Maggie, who is your team that you're pretty scared of coming into Lambeau?
1: I'd, I do kind of echo your point earlier that I think the Packers are the team that beats themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I necessarily see an NFC team standing in their way. I think the mm-hmm. AFC is what I'm more concerned about. So that actual Super Bowl matchup. But I think to me, it would be the Saints just because, you know, it was a really good game the first time around. They didn't have Michael Thomas, the Packers didn't have Devontae Adams. Uh, Their defense has still improved. Drew Brees in the cold doesn't necessarily scare me. They might almost be better off with Taysom Hill at that point, but they still have a ton of weapons, and if Alvin Kamara comes back, we saw what he did against the middle of the defense the first time around. So I don't know if I love that, if the weather isn't a blizzard.
0: Yeah, Alvin Kamara, I mean, the craziest thing to me was, I mean, he had – what 150 total purpose yards, even after losing? Uh, we just got to hope if Sean Payton uh, ends up in an NFC championship game against Green Bay, uh, he makes sure to resort to that Taysom Hill, uh, halfback dive at the end of it. <laughs> um, but Big B, uh, looking at this Packers team, uh, what do you, what would you say is, you know, this is something I've been focused on solely these past few weeks is their identity. What would you say is identity? Of the 2020 Packers going into playoffs, if you had to give uh, a crime report to any of these NFC teams coming here to Lambeau Field, what would your crime report be for the Green Bay Packers in 2020?
2: Not good with all this crime report stuff. Did this in school once and I failed. Um, shoot, I, I don't know. I don't know. You got me with the crime report thing.
0: Okay. Forget the analogy. What is identity? What is this team? What does a typical Packers game look like?
2: Aaron Rodgers balling out in the mm-hmm. defense, clutching it out at the end.
0: Yes. The well, last few weeks. Yeah, that's good enough. Uh, l- the last few weeks, especially the defense has really stepped up. I would say the identity is Aaron Rodgers going to put some points on you. Uh, there's really no way to defend that. Um, and you just gotta keep up pace with them and hope your defense gets an interception or two. Uh, I, I mean, the Bears had that opportunity last week, uh, and they dropped some interceptions there. Maggie, uh, what would your crime report for that analogy be of the twenty twenty Packers?
1: I mean, I think that they're a much more resilient team than we saw in 2019. There were plenty of games last year. You know, everybody called them a fraudulent 13 and three team, where it felt like maybe it was one score away from going the other way and the Packers losing. And I think this year we're seeing them win a lot more convincingly and outside of the Tampa Bay game against the Vikings, the Colts, even when they were down, uh, we saw them kind of battle till the very end. And they've also won convincingly, but we've seen Mm -hmm. a more resilient team that doesn't necessarily roll over like they maybe did last year.
0: Yeah, I, I asked Big Me this uh, plenty of times, so I'm not going to ask him again, but Maggie, I will ask you, um, you know, the 2010 Packers team thrived on these players that stepped up at just the right time. Uh, James Stark having a big run in the playoffs. Who would you say, I, I guess, you know, there's really not too much science you can go off of, uh, but is there a player you have your eye on that you think could be a big part uh, and that could take a big step up in these final three games?
1: I mean, I think we're kind of seeing it happen right now with Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. I Mm -hmm. think the two of them, um, it'd be really fun to see snacks with fresh legs. He had said something on Twitter about how he was finally feeling good and ready to play again, and then Seattle released him. So he probably will bring a different dynamic. And how about Dominique Daphne? We'll go with him for (laughs) offense because he's just, a he's out there.
0: I love it. You know, the big thing. Uh, Oh, <laughs> Dominic, Dominic, when he scored that touchdown you know, on Dafty, everybody was like, Who is this kid? But if and I, I had to take a step back because me and Big B, you know, like I mean, I get my news from Big B's Instagram by the way, but you know, <laughs> I had to take a step back because like I've known this guy for five weeks. So I was like, Oh, that's the guy from Indiana State that they signed to the practice squad a few weeks back. Um, you know, oh, they promoted him uh, one week elevation a few weeks ago, so I had to take a step back and realize not everybody's paying attention to that. Um, but Big B, did you? I mean, Dominique Daphne, uh, let's hear it score prediction. Uh, how many over or under two touchdowns for Dominique Daphne in the playoffs?
2: We're gonna go over with 10 touchdowns. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Dominique Daphne, baby. I've never let's heard. Go! heard
0: I've never even heard you have that much of an exaggeration for a Jamal Williams stat line. Oh yeah, I mean Dude. we bet we might need to get you a Dominique Dafty jersey right now.
2: I know, I'm thinking about it. I am thinking about
0: it. <laughs> get on the custom jersey pro shop right now. Um, oh yeah, well, let's end it off here with two questions, uh, and then maybe we'll do some wild card round predictions. But Maggie, uh, this Packers team—you gave me, you gave us your crime report, but what is their strength? Their biggest strength? Uh, And what is their biggest weakness where a team could take advantage of them?
1: I think their biggest strength for sure is the explosiveness of the offense and the fact that we've seen them either score quickly to get back into things or have really long sustained drives that kind of put games away. You know, the Aaron Jones uh, 77, whatever yard touchdown kind of reminds me of that where they can either answer quickly or they have sustained success to kill the clock and keep them their defense rested. And I guess I think the weakness then would be if the defense gives up a couple scores early and they have to kind of play from behind. And, you know, we saw that possibility against the bears after that really short field situation, giving up a touchdown on the opening possession, took the Packers a little bit of time to get their rhythm, but they did get it back. So I think, you know, if a team can use kind of the Packers strategy against them, where they go up early against the Packers and force them to get creative on offense. That right. could be a way to to kind of answer that.
0: Big B, what would you say is your uh, strength and weakness of the Packers?
2: Well, I got to go with the offense because that's yeah. very simple. Just the offense
0: and as a whole, yeah.
2: Just the offense as a whole. Like everybody is just the strength, even mm-hmm. Jamal and Dominique Daphne, who are the yeah. coach. And then the weakness Um, probably the special teams. Yeah. Minus Um, Crosby minus Crosby.
0: Yeah. I mean, the special teams is such a nitpicky thing, uh, from a whole hundred point view or a hundred foot view. But uh, I mean, that's really the stuff that could lose you game. That's, uh, in the super bowl, letting Tyree kill or Stefan Diggs return one, you know, that's, um, fumbling on a crucial drive that could set up, you know, pulling a time Montgomery in the fourth quarter that could really, that could end up hurting you. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about these wildcard games here, and then uh, we'll probably wrap it up and throw it to our interview with MK Burgess. Um, Big B, let, let's hear your prediction for uh, T- Tampa Bay-Washington football team score prediction, because I think we know who the winner will be, but what's your score prediction, and who? Uh, what, what is the turning point of the game? I'll throw a hard one on you.
2: You always throw these hard ones at me, and then I sit here for 20 minutes to think of it. Let's go to 23 17. And the turning point is a Chase Young sack on top of
0: All right. So, wait, who's winning?
2: The football team. Come on now. Okay. I'm going football team upset. Let's go.
0: I love it. I mean, all these NFC games might be like really boring just because they're all pretty unfair matchups I'll go I'll take uh, LA over Seattle and I'm gonna say Seattle wins 24 to 10 turning point is the kickoff because the Rams have no chance uh Maggie uh, I guess you know we'll see what do you think happens in Saints Bears 45
1: 17 mm-hmm. um I think the Bears should just not bother coming <laughs> but at a turning point is Alvin Kamara should be back on Sunday so if, uh he has a, a hat trick against the
0: Bears yeah. <laughs> you know we'll get nine touchdowns in two games here for Alvin Kamara <laughs> um, yeah it's going to be interesting an interesting week of football uh, I just hope I'm like Paul Rudd I believe that's who was at the NFC championship game last year wearing an NFL hat I'm just rooting for a good officiated game of football uh, Maggie thanks so much for joining us on this wild card weekend thanks guys no problem. Uh, we will throw it uh, to our second part of this interview. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this first part. Go Pack Go. That was an excellent chat with Maggie. Now let's throw it to part two where we have M.K. Burgess, uh, who covers the Packers as a sports reporter for a WFRV or Channel 5 in Wisconsin. Welcome to part two of episode 54 of Underage Packers. I'm Joey, uh, one of your co-hosts. As always, joining me is my other co-host, Big B. How are you doing, Big B?
2: What is going on? Doing good. Classic.
0: I'm sure our audio list listeners are always pretty confused when you do that, but you know, at least you have that on, uh, unlike previous episodes. But joining us today uh, as our extra special guest is MK Burgess. How are you doing, MK?
3: I'm doing well, guys. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, we talked about the playoffs as a whole, kind of a playoff preview with Maggie. But today with MK, we're going to be taking kind of a look back here on the Packers season and all of that. So uh, let's, before we talk about the team, you know, you live in Wisconsin, you cover the Packers and kind of the atmosphere. Uh, How much has, you know, without games, without fans allowed, how much has the atmosphere changed around Green Bay, Wisconsin, especially on game day?
3: Well, this is my first year in Wisconsin. I've only actually Mm. lived in Green Bay for about six months. So this is the only kind of game day atmosphere that I've experienced. Yeah. Um, which has just been weird. Um, you know, anytime that you think of a game day experience, you think of rowdiness of, of juices, you know, the team likes to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's almost been a ghost town. Uh, Lambo is impressive and it's been really, really cool to get to see it for the first time, but it's almost, it's almost like it's not real. This almost kind of feels like a fake season because there's not that. Yeah. Filling atmosphere like there usually is, and you hear the players talk about it. I mean, Rodgers has said all season that he's missed he's missed the fans. Um, so it's just been very different. Um, you know, it almost kind of feels like Green Bay isn't really paying attention that there's a football season going mm-hmm. on because you know bars aren't aren't packed on on game day yeah. and, and things like that. But um, you can still tell that that town loves the Packers.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, man. You got to, I'm looking forward, you should look forward to uh whenever fans are back because that place, I mean, you know, especially big B. you know, we have our parents there, but it, it, you get a, quite a few drunks there, quite a few alcoholics uh in the Green Bay parking lot. Uh I haven't had quite the tailgate experience because I've only been to, I've been to a few games, but my dad is always, oh, we got to get in the same st- stadium at like seven o'clock, you know, so for, it's a three o'clock game and when they're at noon and they don't let you. They don't let you out into the parking lot once you entered. So I've always missed out on that experience. But Big have you ever <laughs> been to a, a tailgate experience at Lambeau?
2: Um, no, I have, I have not because I usually drive down there the day of. Oh,
0: that's right. So yeah, you yeah. you're you you live so up none there. None of
3: us have, it, have done a tailgate experience, is what we're saying. None yeah. of us have really well, experienced. We don't. It.
0: Yeah, we we have to all go next year though. That will be a great time. Uh, hopefully, they allow fans. Uh, do you know any of this news that our good friend Corey Benke is reporting of Lambo allowing around 10,000 fans?
3: We have not heard anything confirmed from the Packers. I've seen a few tweets like that on Twitter. I was actually investigating that this morning. Um, mm-hmm. but I have not heard anything yet from the Packers, of course, as soon as they release word uh we will let everybody know that but uh, as of right now that's that's unconfirmed on our end we are and of course the Packers aren't going to tell anybody anything until yeah. they want to let it known but um Corey Banky's got an inside source <laughs> I don't know uh, that, that might be that's that's something to look into I mean they did have Matt LaFleur on their
0: show the yeah. other day. who knows I, it was interesting to hear Corey Banky reporting uh you know his twist anytime you have Corey Banky uh, reporting on Twitter, you know, it's a pretty odd day on Twitter and that it was yesterday. Um, Twitter
3: but, is the day yesterday as a whole was just odd. But, yeah. You we know, have to touch that with the 10
0: football. <laughs> uh, yeah, it will be interesting. I know Sean Payton and the Saints were talking about having 50,000 people uh, kind of in a bubble, which would be very interesting for Green Bay. I don't know if uh, 10,000 Wisconsin residents could handle each other for. 14 days
3: i don't
0: know i i I mean i would maybe there's
3: a lot of beer involved maybe
0: yeah you know if they give them 20 packs of spotted cows they should be that should last them for a few days Uh, i i don't know if i would uh be able to stay that long just to go to a game big b's been to a playoff game though but
2: oh
3: yeah uh i think i would sit for two weeks to get to go to a playoff game
0: it would i guess you know if you're in your home and not like uh like a, I
3: think I would sit for a week in a hotel. Like, I would
0: I would uh, sit on Lambeau Field for two weeks without a bed to go to a playoff game. Maybe
3: Word. I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't camp out in the middle of the elements. I'm it. Sorry, that that place is cold.
0: Yeah, man, maybe if they had a dome around it, maybe. But
3: have yeah, like a heated ice fishing tent? Maybe. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so find somewhere in the atrium, but even there it's cold. All right, let's get to uh, some actual Packers talk, though. Uh, the Packers 13 and three two seasons in a row um you know the, the big playoff run coming up so i think the I, let's talk about this cuz it's a question i asked maggie yesterday that last year i and maybe you're looking at this for not as much as a fan perspective as me and b, big b look at it but I, last year i said if the packers win the divisional round and Get uh, play com- a p- competitive game in the NFC Championship game. I will look back at the season pretty proud because of how a rookie head coach came in here, how well he did, and the circumstances surrounding it. Uh, but now I'm feeling a little bit different. I don't think you're getting any better level of play out of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think uh, with all these upcoming contracts he have. I think you have to win a Super Bowl for this season to be worth it. Not necessarily that it's going to be looked back as a waste. Um, but what would you say uh, the Packers need to do in this postseason to make it uh, truly a season to remember?
3: Oh, I, I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. I think for Rodgers and that whole team, this mm-hmm. season will not mean as much if they do not get the Super Bowl. Now, yeah. I, I disagree with you slightly. I think you can't you can't look back on what this team did and not be proud of it. I mean he they threw more touchdowns than they punted the ball um you know Devonte adams and aaron Rodgers shattered multiple franchise records yeah Devonte missed two games um this season is going to be a season to remember because it was so odd and what that offense was able to do mm-hmm. players and pieces that you would not define as stars no yeah. one thought Robert Tunyon was going to have 11 touchdowns this year. That's true. Be real. I didn't even know his name coming into this <laughs> season, other than the fact that he had worked out with George Kittle over the week, over the summer, and, like, had the same man bun that they had going on. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows Devontae Adams. He's been coming on for forever. And Aaron Jones, after leading the league in touchdowns last season, you know, was expected to do a lot. Yeah. No one. Aaron Rodgers is good. I don't think every any. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers is more than good. Aaron Rodgers is great. Yeah. Uh, But no one expected, or I don't know if we all expected him at 37 to play as he did back in like 2011 or 2014. I mean, this is pretty all those injuries, Rodgers, Mm -hmm. and that I think you cannot deny that if they don't win a Super Bowl, yeah, this this season is going to feel like a giant hurt it's gonna yeah. feel like okay we did all of this and then we didn't get the ultimate prize you know um but this season was also magical in a way that you saw a bunch of teams come together and put on some spectacular shows in a year that a lot of people hated and yeah. and and so i think that's something you can't take away but you also have to just kind of look at all the fantastic things that rogers and them did i mean Dominique Daphne caught a touchdown. No one <laughs> expected that at all.
0: Yeah.
3: Robert Tunyon has uh, 11 touchdowns on the year. Devontae Adams missed two games and is a, has a league-leading 18 receiving touchdowns. Uh, Rodgers shattered his own record that he set back in 2011.
0: Yep. With, you know, uh, yeah.
3: with 48 touchdowns. And then if you add the three rushing touchdowns, had, he has 50. 51? 51. I can't yeah. do math. Um, so yes, the ultimate, it is going to feel like they missed the mark if they don't come away with the Lombardi trophy, but you also have to look back and okay, two years in a row with a new head coach and you go 13 and three, and you Mm -hmm. didn't pick up a wide receiver and you basically drafted Rogers replacement. Uh, okay. I'm not going to be, you can't be upset about that.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, talks. I'm so excited for the offseason. Not that I want the season to end, but we, uh, the Jordan Love pick and just the draft will have a lot a lot more to talk about this season. Uh, but Big B, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago uh, after the Titans game. I said after that game, I will look back at that game, and I think I will say to myself after five years, I will look back at that game, and I say, will say that's the moment where I knew they could do it. Was there a moment earlier in the season, maybe just a play, uh, a response to adversity, where you thought the Packers, you knew in your mind, maybe they won't, but the Packers have a really good chance of winning the Super Bowl this year?
2: I mean, you have to say it, the Titans game, because everybody was bitching about Derrick Henry, trying to stop him for four weeks. Yeah. We, we come out and we stop him pretty much, pretty much stop him for Derek. Yeah, I think the not factor in the snow with that game, though.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think that's going to be the big thing, because you do have to factor in this, the weather, like you mentioned. But the Packers next two games are at Lambeau Field, which will hopefully have snow. So, yeah,
3: I would agree with that. Uh, if you, if I think back and look on the season, a moment where I thought that team could probably win the Super Bowl, um, I would have to say how they played in the first half against the Colts. I was mm. like, awesome. Okay, yeah. you lose to the Bucks, who are a really good complete team. Then you beat two bad teams, and then you go on to, on the road to Indy, and you look that awesome. And then, but that's the thing about the team this year is then you get to the third quarter and I don't know what it is about the third quarter with them, but for whatever reason, they just fall apart. Mm -hmm. So the Titans game is the most complete game you've seen them play. And I mean, everyone talked about that from Rogers to Adrian Amos to LaFleur to Devontae. Everyone talked about how that was just the most complete game and you held a man who rushed for 2000 yards this season to under 100 and no touchdowns. Um so I think this team can win the Super Bowl, but you have to see them play like they did against the Titans yeah. and like they did the first 3 quarters against Minnesota the first game of the season. Yeah. But you cannot allow anybody to get garbage time touchdowns like they did the first half of the season. The good thing about the first half of the season was that they scored so much that it didn't matter if you scored two touchdowns at the end of the fourth quarter because Rodgers had already given you basically 40 points. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, like that, the indie game. And like you mentioned, the third quarter, that's the scariest thing because what happened, you know, in Indy in a lot of these games, you might have a bad third quarter, like Carolina. That happened, they still come out with a win. You aren't going to be able to do that against playoff teams, uh. So you're going to have we'll play have playoff
3: players, maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, and uh, with Indy, yeah, you got to have a the offense rolling on all sides. Um. And real, I mean, the, the fact that they still had a chance to win that game that it went into overtime. I mean, the Rogers throw to MVS was incredible. Uh, but the fact that they were a. a if they decide to go for it instead of the field goal on that last play in regulation, if they, uh, if MVS doesn't fumble it, uh, we won't get into that heavy horse right there, but you know, a lot, the fact that they still could have won that game shows a lot. And I think uh, specifically with that Titans game, the biggest thing for me was uh, they they've so many times this season when a team was able to put some points on the board, when it was 19 to 14, that was the moment in so many previous games where they've crumbled, but they responded with a drive that some might say wasn't a 50 yard run by Aaron Jones. I say it is uh, because the refs didn't rule it that way. Um, you know, and then an incredible catch by Devonte Adams right there and that was a, a very strong moment for this team. And I think that will be a great moment of adversity. Uh, some adversity they've had to face this past week was uh, in an injury to the starting left tackle, David Bakhtiari. Um, now the way I look at this, especially, you know, Packers Twitter is pretty, uh, they like their overreactions. You know, uh, the season is over after David Bakhtiari gets hurt, but I thought the season was over after week five. So I'm not sure where exactly the season ended. Um, but, but, MK, looking at this David Bakhtiari injury, how much do you think this team uh, can use it as much as a benefit as possible? Because, you know, Devontae Adams, he was talking on Chris Collinsworth's podcast the other day that David, uh, he said to him, just go and win a Super Bowl. Do that for me. How much do you think they can use this as adversity uh, and and do it for a brother?
3: Uh, Here's why I'm not particularly worried about that is because – the Packers offensive line has not had a consistent like starting five the entire season. You lost Lane Taylor. You had Billy Wagner injured in the beginning of the year. Then you had Rick Wagner go down. Then you had Corey Lindsley go out. Bakhtiari missed a couple games with some broken ribs. Mm -hmm. And yet that unit has been the most consistent unit of the entire team all season rogers has had two games where he's been sacked more than twice and so yes if you asked aaron Rodgers the day he found out i think it was like the friday before the bears game he was talking about still being in the grieving process mm-hmm. and that is heartbreaking i mean the man has been your left tackle for seven seasons he has like valiant you protected you made sure that no one's gotten to you he's been your dude he's probably his best friend on the team I mean they make fun of each other for not giving each other Christmas presents all year blah 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 but I just that next man up mentality is so strong Mm -hmm. especially in the offensive line and the other reason I'm not worried about it is because Billy Turner and Elton Jenkins can play wherever they ask you ask them to play So when everyone was like, oh, I'm surprised Turner's over at less tackle. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not at all. He is the, like, to be honest, that's who I would want there. Billy Turner is a big imposing man and (laughs) I'm not trying to move towards him to get to Aaron Rodgers. Like I would have him there. And the other thing is when you've moved Rick Wagner over there, he's been a little bit shakier on the left side. He's more suited to be sitting over there at right tackle. Mm -hmm. You know, Corey Lindsley. the other big thing is, If you don't have Corey Lindsley back and you're down David Vatiari, it's totally different mindset because then you have rookie John Runyon Jr. in there. And that's, that's, I'm not saying Elton Jenkins can't do center. He's already proven that he can, Mm -hmm. but to have two of your offensive linemen leaders out is a big deal. The fact that you have Corey Lindsley in there as center kind of facilitating that whole line and, and whatnot, I think, do use it as motivation i think you know he just Mm. david bakhtiari just got that deal that makes him the highest paid lineman in the history of the nfl so i know the season's not over is it a (laughs) blow yes especially you know if they end up having to play the bucks yeah that's gonna be a big deal i mean bucks front seven are nasty and they're Mm -hmm. fast and the packers got chewed up and spit out the last time they played them and bakhtiari was in the game so It'll be intriguing.
0: Yeah, the, the, I love what you mentioned about all the, you know, the Packers offensive line is one of the most versatile in the league, uh, at least uh, as I've witnessed as a Packers fan in my uh, plenty of years uh, so far. But, you know, they you have John Runyon, who, can, who is, in my mind, specifically drafted for his versatility at Michigan, uh, can play offensive guard center, and will, will probably get more involvement in the years to come. Uh, but Elton Jenkins, who can play all five positions. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people forgot that not every NFC team has uh, a David Bakhtiari on this team. I still think even without Bakhtiari, this is a top-end offensive line here. Um, Big B, how confident? I, I mean, we talked about it a, Last week, uh, when David went down, uh, looking specifically at all these teams, you know, I, I resort to going into Madden and playing every team just to see how Billy Turner holds up. Uh, but is there, I mean, looking at it now, uh what do you think is the game plan? Because even with David Bakhtiari, uh, like MK mentioned, we we struggled against Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Devin White, all their fast linebackers. Uh, against the Buccaneers, how do you solve that? Luckily, you're not our offensive line coach. Thank God for Adam Sinovich. But what are you doing? Uh, Is it moving Jamal Williams to that left side? Uh, Is it more involvement with Dominic Daphne, moving Mercedes Lewis? What are you looking for the Packers to do if they do end up having to play Tampa Bay without Bakhtiari?
2: Well, I mean, you gave me the option to mention Jamal Williams. (laughs) So let's just roll Jamal Williams out there. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. What Jamal adds in uh pass protection cannot go unmentioned. Um And yeah, I mean, we got plenty of options there, even without uh rolling out a tight end, you have a great ru- uh, running back pass protector. So as far as this offensive line goes, I'm not uh, too worried. It's not, I don't think it's going to lose us games and Aaron Rodgers is playing best football we've seen from him. I mean, you saw plenty of times when Billy Turner struggled against one of the f- best defensive lines last week, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I look at that third and nine. He is able to get it to Aaron Jones, and it's not a worry. Um, let's talk another about another big move that happened in the middle of the week last week. You know, the spy week. so let's have some time to reset and relax. Uh, Damon Snacks Harrison coming to the team uh, now uh, – You've been here for only a year, MK, but uh, in that time, ever since probably the draft, when they didn't draft a defense lineman, uh, which was like, you know, you got the pedal stool. Number one, we didn't draft a wide receiver. Number two, we didn't draft an interior often, uh, interior defense lineman. And number three, Jordan Love sucks. That was pretty much the... Pedestal of complaints. He uh,
3: played a down a football. You guys already decide he doesn't. He's no, not good. We,
0: we here at Underage Packers are probably the biggest defenders of Jordan Love right here. Mm. The Twitter world probably our audience might might share that sentiment of Jordan Love sucks. But uh, <laughs> they they signed Damon Snacks Harrison here in the past few weeks, um, which has been a a, a large uh, a fan base has been wanting a lot here ever since March and April. So I I guess, you know, it it can't be stated enough that, uh, you know, how much he adds to that defense line, how much Mike Petten can use him. Uh, But as a leader, uh, what do you think Snacks can add to this young defense here?
3: I just think that he adds that little bit of veteran presence. I think that's the reason you brought in Christian Kirksey. Um, (laughs) And then obviously you've got the Smith brothers on there as well. But I just think another man that's like, been in the trenches of the NFL football and has seen it I mean you saw what he did with the Giants he was an absolute beast yeah so for someone who has played the game that consistently for that long to then come in as they're making a playoff push as long as he's in shape which I believe he should be Mm -hmm. uh, then you know I I think he's just gonna he's just gonna add that little bit of, of of calmness of maybe a little bit more juice to the d-chain although i don't know that the defensive <laughs> unit any more juice because i yeah. think they'll do that themselves i think they're the most juiced up excitable group on that team mm-hmm. um, so i just think he's just gonna add another veteran voice and yeah. you can't i also don't think that he's got the ego and that's the one thing that's very interesting about the packers is nobody's a diva if mm-hmm. you've noticed everybody there is about themselves or about each other not like they're not about themselves they're about each other they're about you know Devonte talked about it in on on sunday after the game he said look first half i wasn't getting the ball but we i just wanted to do what i needed to do to make sure the offense was rolling and and the offense was rolling and i was being a decoy and it it was fine mm-hmm. second half not so much. So the, uh, the coaches were like, yeah, yeah, we need to get Devontae the ball so that we can, you know, do things on offense. And, but that's just how everyone wants to score. Like everyone wants to do anything to help the team. It doesn't matter who's scoring touchdowns, who's doing what. It's just that everybody wants to play together as a family to be super cliche and use the one sports term that I absolutely hate, (laughs) but that's what they are. And so I think that's what snacks is going to bring is he's just going to, he's, he's an added buffer on a team that the unit that is excelling most when you need it to is the Packers defense.
0: Yeah. I I love that. Uh, Like, you know, even Devontae Adams isn't a part of uh, the game plan. Sometimes MVS went three or four weeks without a single reception, uh, one or two targets. Uh, And, you know, he has a big, has a big play in Chicago. So, you know, there's no, and they've mentioned that a lot of, uh, you know, this, is, this is a team team. Uh, they, they play together. They want to, they want to succeed. They don't care about stats and, uh, and then their stats, you know, I care about their stats because I, I always, so I can brag in Instagram comment uh, comments, you know uh, but they've added the stats. They've have uh, the team that can play together and I love what Snacks adds as a leadership. I mean that the 2010 team was full of that. You know, they weren't uh, on paper. They might have not been the best team when they won the Super Bowl, but they had Charles Woodson, they had Donald Driver, they had Greg Jennings, they had all those veteran pieces that were enough to lead this team. Uh, and you look at now, they have Mercedes Lewis, they have Aaron Rodgers, who is 11 years older than he was in 2010. Um, so I think
3: oh, way to age him. Dang.
0: <laughs> Man, you know, it's Aaron, good buddy, you know, friend of the show, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah,
3: but here's the thing about this team, though. You mentioned MVS um, not getting a lot of targets, especially after that Colts game. Mm-hmm. But look at what he was still doing on the field. And the biggest reflection of that is the 77 yard touchdown run mm. by Aaron Jones against the Eagles. MVS is down there blocking. Yeah, for him. He is running side by side, making sure that nobody is getting to him. And then the other great thing was then David Bakhtiari like motoring down, yeah, motoring down the the field to also make blocks. But that was what was great is, Mercedes Lewis is one of the best run blockers and pass blockers. That's not an offensive lineman in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Annie Herman made that that mention yesterday on on GBN, and it was um. He's right. Like that's what's great about this team is you have everybody doing everything cohesively. So if guys aren't getting targets, yeah, I'm sure that's awful as a wide receiver to not get targets, but to know that you are still such an important part of this team and are such a playmaker in a way that goes unnoticed, uh, like Matt LaFleur talks about that with alan Lazard all mm-hmm. the time about how he's doing things in the trenches. That, that doesn't necessarily get on the stat sheet where he's making huge blocks for people to get down there or he's out muscling guys so that, you know, Jamal or, or Aaron or, you know, AJ Dillon needs to break open. Like that's, that's what this team is about. And I think that's what can't be taken away is mm-hmm. this is a team that had so many bit players that, at any given moment, anybody could be a breakout star. And I think that's what's so fun to watch about is that you have so many different guys that have been breakout stars, you know, Mm -hmm. Falcons game. It was, it was Tunyon saints game. It was Lazard five other games. It was Devante. Uh, So that's, what's been super interesting and, and, and really fun to watch is, yeah. Okay. We didn't draft a wide receiver and everyone was upset about that. Aaron Rodgers didn't need one
0: <laughs> word. Big B word. Uh, you know, I asked uh, Aaron and I think I asked you about this before the week one game, the biggest improvement on this Packers team, now that we've had a season, now that we're not just looking at a initial initial 53 roster watching them play, what would you say is the biggest improvement from 2019 to two thousand twenty?
2: The efficiency on offense.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, there is not a single time when this offense has the ball where I don't think they're going to score. And sometimes that proves to uh, not work in my favor. Sometimes uh, most times it does. So Uh, you you did mention uh, Andy Herman. I forgot you had that little segment with him. Do you do you uh, in the news company? Do you take any responsibility for Andy's uh, absurd food takes?
3: Oh, no. No, no, no. Exactly. I mean. not take any responsibility for his absurd food takes. Um, We often argue about food takes on Green Bay Nation. uh Um, But to be honest, I try to incorporate food tweets in that segment just so I can see what kind of like nonsense he'll talk about. Um, But then usually Marcus backs him up as well. Like neither Mm -hmm. one of them like tomatoes. And I don't know what to do with either one of them on that or that like they eat.
0: Andy eats pizza on Thanksgiving, which I'm like, okay. Andy, Andy had to ruin Thanksgiving. I mean, my dad, you know, my dad is a big fan of Andy Herman. He's a big fan of a lot. He makes sure when I tell him I have this guy, he'll either tell me oh, I hate his stuff or I love, I love their stuff. So, you know, um, but my daddy said, Andy needs to step it up on his food takes as well. So Andy, we're talking to him next week. We'll definitely have to confront him again on that.
3: Yeah, that he is one of the smartest individuals about the Packers I've ever met he's like a Packers encyclopedia so having him on the show is so it's so much fun um him and Marcus are just hilarious and you know then when I inevitably pronounce someone's name wrong they make fun of me so
0: most uh the thing I admire most about Andy is the fact like just his patience I mean the man, I don't understand. You know, me and my dad will will watch. We we'll watch a live broadcast of the game, and then maybe we we'll watch, we we'll rewatch the TV broadcast again. But this man, I mean, he grades every single snap. I don't have know how you have, to have the time for that. Uh, Andy Herman, what a legend! Um
3: yeah. slow clap for him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we're gonna end it off here, Big B. Any final thoughts uh, before we sign off? Uh,
2: Jamal Williams is the goat.
0: That's a great way to, wow.
3: that's a bold statement,
0: man. You have not met big B if you, (laughs) I mean,
3: yeah,
0: big B great, great Jamal Williams fan. Uh, Thanks so much MK for joining us.
3: Yeah. Thank you guys.
0: No problem. Uh, I hope I, we don't uh, ruin any of your future relationships in Packers media by uh, associating uh, you with our show, but you know, we we got Wes Hockowitz on, so I think you're safe.
3: I, I think I'm safe as well.
0: All right. Thanks everybody for watching. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? If uh, they're not familiar with you on their TV channel.
3: Uh, you can find me at MK underscore Burgess.
0: Perfect. Thanks everybody for watching. Go pack. Go.